Corinthians, Corinthians, Corinthians. Please open your Bibles. You're going to need them this morning because it is good. It is really, really, really good. Um, uh, For our visitors, we're in the middle of a series in Corinthians. And this morning, we are going to be having a look at the second half of chapter 12. Um, Last week, we, we got in and we had a look at some of the history of the way that Christians have engaged with um, with the charisms or with the charismata, with these graces that, that the Lord ministers through his people. Um, and we had some help from Brooke, who helped us uh, in some ways to wrap our head around that these things, we talk about them as gifts and as presents, but they're actually not about us at all. They are about the Holy Spirit revealing Christ, that Christ is the focus. And this morning as we hop into Corinthians and we, and we have a read through the text, we need to know the context that Paul is writing into. Um, if you've been cheating and reading your Bible, and I hope you have been, reading ahead in the book of Corinthians, you will have already noticed that Paul, shortly after the passage we're looking at, gives a whole lot of time to correcting the way that the Corinthian church was using the gift of glossolalia or the gift of tongues or speaking in different languages and interpreting different languages and that they had a disproportionately high emphasis on that particular grace, that particular charism, that grace gift that the Spirit of God was ministering. And that's the context which is going to turn up flavoring some of the answers that Paul gives. We don't know, we don't have a copy of the letter that the Corinthian church sent to Paul. So we have to look at what Paul is talking about and kind of read between the lines a little bit. We can't argue things that aren't there, but it helps us to go, what, what are the things that Paul is deliberately answering here? What might have been going on in that church? How does that inform the life of, of our church family here? So as we read through, um, there are going to be some words that stick out. I tried highlighting like I normally do the passage with, with different keywords, but you'll notice there's some words that turn up too often. Let's recap a little bit. Last week, um, we started with our good friend Charles Spurgeon and his experience breaking forth into a kind of gibberish, which he himself did not understand. And we spoke about D.L. Moody. Uh, we read from his journal. We had a look back through history about some of these experiences as they have turned up. Um, in different parts of Christianity. And then we've talked about that we ourselves come from a particular context. We have received particular teaching. We have had particular experiences. And there are things that have been present in our experience and things which have been absent in our experience. And we've talked about the way that that um, can influence the way that we read the scriptures. I'm going to read again from the start of chapter 12, but the passage we're going to be looking at this morning really begins at verse 12. So please read with me. Read um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. This is one thing um, with regard to all these different things about gifts that we find out from Paul. The Holy Spirit will never take glory away from the Lord Jesus Christ. 
If anything genuine of the Spirit ever happens, Jesus is only glorified and adored and worshipped more. Verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And you see Paul here in his language um, is actually talking about the Spirit and the Lord, the Kurios, the Lord Jesus Christ, and God the Father here. And this will be important in a couple of minutes. Paul is Trinitarian. Um, He refers to the Godhead in the way that these things function. God is at work, even though things are diverse. Verse 7, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, which we read about out of Charles Spurgeon's journal. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one just as He determines. That will be important in a moment. And we talked about how careful we need to be when we come to having a look at the way these things have played out and even the way that people have misused these things, when we hear the stories about people who have been hurt or where things have happened which have been very weird or very strange or very confronting, we must be very, very careful because Jesus takes blasphemy against the Holy Spirit very, very seriously. And blasphemy is where you take something which is holy and you trample it under your feet. That's what blasphemy is, where we take the name of Jesus and we treat it like it's not worth anything. That is blasphemy. God takes his own holiness very, very um, seriously. If Jesus was not holy, he would not have turned up. If Jesus was okay with sin, he would never have turned up to pay the price for sin. Okay, When, when the holiness of God is not is not dealt with appropriately by human beings, there is an effect. And Jesus here is emphasizing the Holy Spirit is not to be treated as something common. So let's step into the second half now of Corinthians 12. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. I wonder what was going on in Corinth. We'll ask that question again in a moment. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body. Every one of them just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, Where would the body be? 
as it is there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. I wonder what was going on in Corinth. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. Literally, we clothe them, the language says. They are, they are clothed. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. They are adorned, it says. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. And here's where we're going to end up this morning. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? And then you'll see Paul says at the very end of this passage, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. And then we're going to get into Corinthians 13, all about love. Yes, it's good. Paul is writing to a church that has stuff going on. A group of people where profound, Holy Spirit, God-given things were happening. And the church was wrestling with what do we do with that? And it seems, it seems, we don't know, it seems as though what was going on in Corinth is that the gift of tongues in particular was being disproportionately emphasized. Now, we've never seen or heard that happen um, since. That was a joke. Okay. All right. It happens. Thank you. I will take that laughter and put it in my pocket. We see a church where a particular gift is being overemphasized. And what we see going on that Paul seems to be addressing is that is that it seems that there were people in the church going, you know what, I don't have that gift, therefore I'm, I must not be part of that body. Maybe I didn't get that same spirit. Maybe I got something different. Maybe because I don't have that gift, the gift of speaking in tongues, maybe I haven't received the spirit. This is going on in Corinth in the first century. And what does Paul say? Verse 15, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would actually not for that reason stop being part of the body. Paul is kind of saying, okay, you're different. You're, you're part of the body. You don't have that gift. You're part of the body. You are part of the body. We have all been baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. We were all given the one spirit to drink. And Paul hits this point a couple of times. I've, I've Tried to highlight it in red a little bit here. God has placed the parts in the body. God has placed them. Whatever is at work in you or is not at work in you, whatever part of the grace of God 
um, presenting as a gift of the Holy Spirit is flowing into your life. God has put you in the body. And these grace gifts, these charismata, these charisms are given for the common good. The way that God is at work in you, God has put in the body. Let me, let me be cheeky about this. The Lord knew that this part of the body needed an Ian Harrison. Okay? He knew that the gift which he had put into Ian Harrison needed to be playing out in the life of this church. Every single one of us who is here in this room, who is part of this church family and calls at home, God has put you here so that his grace at work in you flows out for the common good. It's a really hard thing when we feel rejected, when we feel like we're not welcome. Have a look at what else is going on in Corinth. Let's go back a little bit here. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Some of us have had experiences like this in churches as well, where we feel unwanted. Sometimes we're on the receiving end where we go, whatever God is doing in me, there's not, there's not a way for that to flow out here. Some of us feel that from time to time. Some of us feel that depending on how much sleep we've had or what kind of week we've had where our, our self-deprecation kind of kicks in. Some of us need to admit that we've been on the other end of this equation as well. And sometimes we have gone, Lord, we, do, we don't need that. We don't need that. This is dangerous. Because what we see here in verse 28 is that when the grace of God turns up for his kingdom, you know what? The Holy Spirit does not fly overhead and parachute in gifts independent of human beings. If a gift is going to turn up in a church, it turns up through a person. The grace of God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit always turn up in the form of a human being who is carrying that. And if we are ever in a position where we are pushing back against something and going, we don't need that gift here we don't need that that skill set here we don't need we don't need that approach here we need to understand that it is impossible to separate that from the human being who carries it it is impossible to separate the gift away from the human being who carries it and god has placed them in the church let me refer to my notes for a moment So we need to be careful. We need to be really careful that like the Corinthian church, we don't have a mixed up idea of what we're measuring against. Because the Corinthians on the one hand were measuring, taking one gift and using that to measure everyone. And the gift that they happened to be fixated on was speaking in tongues. We'll get to that when Paul addresses it later on. But there are some churches where the gift is not speaking of tongues that they measure everyone by. There are churches that, that do that. But there are churches where the gift might be one of these other ones. Um, let's pick on teachers. There are some gifts which there are some churches which love teaching, and I, I'm a teacher kind of person. I like teaching. But what if teaching is the gift that is out of proportion in a church, whether it's this church or another one? 
and where everyone's usefulness or everyone's part to play or everyone's involvement or or the necessity of of having those people plugged in in the life of the church, what if the thing used to measure them was, was how effective they were at teaching? And some people go, you know what, I I can't stand up the front and talk, therefore I don't have a part to play in making disciples. What if, let's pick on apostles. The word apostle in scripture literally means sent ones. Apostolos. Ones who have been sent. There are other facets that we have a look at when we talk about the original Apostles, including the Apostle Paul. Paul refers to a whole lot of other apostles as sent ones. Nowadays, we probably have a look at our missionaries as people who we have sent. There are some people, I think, in Australia who function as sent ones to the church in Australia. I would put David Cummings in that category, that he functions like a church father who travels out and is a sent one. What if that was the gift that everyone else was measured against? What if that was the gift? Going, oh, you've never travelled overseas? Oh, you've, you've never been to Arnhem Land? Oh, you, you haven't gone as part of a church music team to another church to help them out? What if that was the gift that everyone was being measured against? We need to be careful how we are measuring people and whether or not our measure is the same as God's measure. Paul, right at the end of this particular passage, verse um, Verse 29 and 30 asks, I think it's seven rhetorical questions here. And I am amazed sometimes, particularly with my encounters with people who are are from a very, very Pentecostal background, how often the rhetorical nature of these questions gets missed. And I'm allowed to pick on Pentecostals because I'm a closet Pentecostal. It's okay. These are rhetorical questions and the answer to every single one of them is no. Are all apostles... No. You're allowed to answer them with me. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healing? No. Do all speak in tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. God has placed in the church people. If you are part of the body of Christ, you have been placed in the body by the Lord. And whatever gift is at work in you is the gift that he has chosen to put in you. How do we measure ourselves? How do we measure other people? What are we being measured against? If this is God's kingdom, then God gives gifts as he desires. God puts the parts in the body. God has put the body together, verse 24. Every person is part of the body, verse 27. God puts his grace in the church in the form of people. It is not about us. It is not about your gift. It is not about my gift, it is about God's kingdom. They are a means to an end. They reveal Christ to us. It's not about her gift or his gift. God has put the body together. God has put the parts in the body. God gives grace into the body through people. Everyone is different. This is the single point that Paul is hammering home in this entire section is to go, everyone is different different and it's okay it has not surprised god at how different we are god makes us one body full of different people 
When one part suffers, all suffer. When one part is honoured, all parts are honoured. But we are different, but we are one body. We are different, but we are one body. We are different, but we are one body. He's hammering this point home. Why? Why is this so important? Why does Paul keep hammering this point home? There is a wonderful, beautiful answer to this, I think. And this picture here is a useful picture to help understand it. What is God like? What is God like? The very essence and the very nature of the the divine triune God that we adore, the Father and the Son and the Spirit. You've heard the creeds. One essence, one will, three persons, distinct but not separate. They have unity, but there is no confusion or mixing of persons. Somehow God is one, but God is three. The Father is not crucified. The Spirit is not crucified. Christ is crucified, and the Spirit is upon Christ as that happens. Christ does not raise himself from the dead. The Scriptures say the Spirit raises him from the dead. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me by the Father. Jesus says, it's better that I go so that the Spirit can come. The God that we worship continually reflects glory to the other. The God that we worship continually lifts the other one up. Think of Paul's words here. When one part is honoured, all are honoured. This is what God is like. If I adore Jesus, the Father does not get jealous. If we exalt the name of the Spirit of God, Jesus is not standing off to the side, tapping his foot unimpressed. When one is honoured, all are honoured. When one is glorified, all are glorified. The inner life of God is what you and I are created as a reflection of. Out of the essence of the life of God, humanity and the cosmos is brought into existence. We are brought into existence to to literally walk and talk with God. And as the life of God is, it should not surprise us that this is the model for those people who belong to him. To go, you know what? We need one another. Let's lift one another up. You know what? We're allowed to defer to one another in areas of gifting and expertise. This is exactly what God is like. This is what God is like. The fancy theological term is perichoresis, which literally means the the dancing around, that there is a movement and a joy in the inner life of God that we were not only created for, but through Christ we are brought back into contact with. And if the Spirit of God is in us, then the Spirit of God is going to be transforming us to live and breathe and think just like the Godhead lives and breathes and thinks, that we will be able to have a look at our community or communities of faith and to go, actually, how much do we love one another? How do we function in and around one another? Because that is a representation of the divine triune life of God. As God is, so we are called to be. They seek for each other to be glorified. This is why Paul is writing to the Corinthian church where they are overemphasizing one part of the body 
and others are feeling chewed up and spat out or rejected because the body has ceased to faithfully represent God. When we, when we overemphasize or underemphasize a grace gift or, or an outworking of the Spirit of God amongst us, our lived experience of God's life amongst us and in us and through us as a community is diminished. If the Holy Spirit is in each one of us here, if we truly belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit is at work in us and we sense the, the conviction of sin and righteousness which we are promised, and as the Holy Spirit is ministering gifts amongst us, it means that right now in real time we get to experience something of the life of God manifesting in our community that causes us to glorify God. That's the way that it's set up. That's the way it's supposed to work, is that the focal point is not the person who happens to have a particular gift or something, but is that we give glory to God. When we overemphasize or underemphasize what the Spirit of God is doing amongst us, then the way that this is flowing in this is diminished. Tricky. In Corinth, it seems that they were overemphasizing tongues, and as we will see, they were actually underemphasizing prophecy. If a church community over or underemphasizes teaching, and perhaps over or underemphasizes gifts of helping or literally relief, let's go back one more slide, then we can very easily be in the same territory as Corinth where there is something of our, of our actually lived experience and encounter of God which is diminished. When Paul corrects the Corinthian church, you'll see here, particularly in verse 28, that in that list, Paul put, puts tongues last. It's not accidental. Paul is trying to correct them. Paul lists here the order that he has actually seen the Holy Spirit do work in. When you have a look at the journey of Paul, when you have a look at what he witnessed and in what order, at least the, the records that we have, this is what Paul saw, that there were apostles that turned up and then there were prophets and teachers and miracles happened and gifts of healing. And then people started getting helped of guidance, leadership. The Holy Spirit gives the gift of leadership to the church. Um, of helping is literally the word relief. If we over or underemphasize things, it's easy for us to end up in the same territory as Corinth. Therefore, we come back to this question, how, I, how are you, how am I, how are we measuring the body of Christ when maybe we judge that, that we, we need things or we don't need things? This is important because this church is doing whole church review. And right now, the... The big conversation going on in the life of this church is who have we been created to be <clears throat> in this particular place? What has God been doing? What is God doing? And God, what would you have us do or, or be or step into next as your representatives, as people on the mission of God in this part of the world? That conversation will filter into a conversation around what kind of minister is going to help serve that mission? What kind of skills might that person need? Maybe a couple of ministers. Maybe a period of time without a minister. Who knows? It's 
How are we measuring what gifts we want to see and what gifts maybe we need to just wind them down a little bit? As we function together, we behold the character of God. We see God's very nature being revealed in us and through us and reflecting between us. The thing that needs to happen in order for us to honour one another, in order for us to be wise about the way that gifts are being used for the common good, as Paul says, is that we need to love one another. And this is where Paul is going. This is the big, um, one of the mountaintops in Corinthians, which we're going to be arriving at. We'll get there next week. But it should not surprise us then that love needs to be in place in order for us to be genuinely, authentically honouring one another and the work of God amongst us. A bedrock of real, genuine, authentic love is what actually these gifts and functions of, of the Holy Spirit rest upon. Next week, we're going to have a look at how Paul sets that up. But we're going to pause just for a moment. And we're just going to sit with this idea, with this question. Corain Baptist Church as a community has a seat at the Lord's table. And right now, the Spirit of God that is in you and the Spirit of God that is in me continues to reveal Christ. And one of the ways that the Holy Spirit does that is by extending works of grace, charisms, literally grace-isms in us and through us for the common good, to compel us to adore the Lord. If you are someone who's here this morning, who's been in that category that Paul talks about, where you have felt like you don't have a place, sit and just let the Lord speak to you about that. Let him bring to mind passages of scripture or stories. Let him bring to mind someone, maybe even in this church, that you need to go and sit and pray with this week. If you've been someone who's in that place, if you're someone here this morning where you're aware that that actually maybe you have been critical of, of the way that someone else functions in their faith, then sit with that thought. Bring it to the Lord from what we've just read here and let him speak to you about the way that maybe this whole community's experience of what the Lord is like has been influenced by that person and by the work of of God in that person. Maybe let him reveal to us the way that he has put that gift and that person in the life of this church. If there is a particular gift that you have been overemphasizing in your life, which is the kind of the big ticket thing that Paul is talking to the Corinthians about, let the Lord address that. Sometimes it's easy for us to go, oh, there's this gift and I have it, and no one else cares, and everyone needs to have the same thing that I have. If the, Lord, if the Lord addresses that in your heart and says, actually, you know what, it has a place, it is one part in the body, let the Lord speak to you about that. But right now we're just going to pause for a minute or two because we are the Lord's people and we want to be the Lord's people.
Lord God, we see how precious your body is to you and that it is not assembled by accident or by time and chance that you yourself have put the parts in the body as you have seen fit. And Lord God, where something needs to change in our thinking about ourselves or about one of our brothers or sisters, would you please draw us to have an understanding that is more in line with the scriptures and with your own will? Lord God, where we have shied away from the gift that you have put in us, where others have missed out because we have not stepped forward, Lord God, give us the courage and the wisdom to step forward for the common good. Lord God, where we have caused others to feel as though they don't have a place to belong because of a way that we have been measuring your body, Lord God, please bring our thinking into line with the scriptures and into line with your will. Lord God, where we have overemphasized or underemphasized particular giftings that you have placed in the body and their function, Lord God, please give us clarity. Please give us wisdom and humility. Please help us to love one another the way that we see love functioning in the Godhead. Please help us to lift one another up to reflect glory and honour to one another the way that we see it modelled to us. Lord God, help us to be your faithful representatives. And Lord, may it be true of us that people would know that we are your disciples by the way that we love one another. Lord God, we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has given his life for us. Amen.